Hello and welcome to the Pursuing Progress podcast episode 20, where we have honest conversations to help us fall forward. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about something, a little something called job interviews. Um, yeah, with this current situation, uh, if you've yeah listened to my podcast, you know my situation. Um, since the whole quarantine, COVID, this pandemic kind of hit, uh, I've lost a lot of work. I've lost uh, the majority of my different contractor and casual jobs and it has left me, yeah, jobless for a while because there's so much uncertainty at the time about, you know, what we could do and what, you know, the amount of face-to-face connection, that uh, interaction that we're able to have with people and, you know, people just got sick of Zoom after, you know, Zoom was a viable option, but I think there was just something that yeah, wasn't able to replace the face-to-face interaction. And I think something was just lost. And and now, yeah, it was a very kind of depressing and really difficult time. But now with, you know, uh, restrictions easing, jobs are kind of coming back. Um, however, um, you know, with this presence of this second wave kind of coming, um, yeah, I don't know. It's bringing a bit more uncertainty, but you know, whether they'll, you know, um, you know, kind of bring back more restrictions and have to go back to how it was a few months ago, still yet to be seen, but hope, hopefully not, um, you know, hopes and, and, and prayers that, you know, the whole pandemic is kept at bay in Australia, but yeah, we never know. But um, as it is now, um, jobs are being advertised now in terms of exercise physiologist stuff and, and, you know, research stuff. And, you know, I had to garner a little courage from, from friends and from the psychologists and family to, yeah, take that kind of bold step after being discouraged for the longest time during quarantine, uh, about getting a job and, you know, those hopes for the future just didn't seem like, it was possible because, you know, there weren't, you know, many things out there. And so, yeah, I just had to, you know, find it in me, you know, it took days, took weeks to, you know, send those applications out. And yeah, I was very lucky and very privileged to uh, be offered a job interview, uh, which is really, really exciting. But, you know, my past experience with job interviews have just been terrible and stuff I don't want to you know, revisit emotionally because it was, it's just, yeah, like I'm just a nervous wreck in them. I regret everything I say. I think about, you know, all these better answers, like right after the interview when I'm not as stressed and when I'm not as, um, yeah, kind of pent up and anxious about it. And yeah, like I think for this interview, I was, Yeah, I think I just thought to myself, I just need to focus on one thing, just relaxing and not um, putting like over studying or like putting too much effort and expecting perfection or expecting, you know, a really solid interview uh, because that has just brought me undone in so many different um, other interviews where, yeah, I put so much time and effort into the you know, researching and, you know, knowing about the different organization and knowing about the role and um, all the people involved. And yeah. And, you know, know, I get to the interview and I'm just shaking and I just can't remember properly. I couldn't sleep the night before. And 
yeah, like all the answers, all the things I knew just kind of flew out my head and I just, you know, I just got stumped with so many questions and, and obviously, yeah, didn't perform well and obviously didn't get those jobs. And I don't know, like, as I kind of thought about it, like, it's a, I know it's a, it's a very particular process that people, you know, organizations use to be able to recruit or find, um, suitable, um, candidates for a particular position that they're advertising. Um, because like an interview is not going to show every single thing in regards to what they're looking for. Um, but it's, it's become an avenue for them to get creative with different sorts of questions and scenarios to be able to see if someone's fit for a particular role or not. And like, I think they've becoming a lot more, um, yeah, kind of witty or, or kind of, um, yeah, they're getting a lot more creative with it, um, to put people in scenarios where they have to kind of think on their, their feet or they have to, um, yeah, like the, the only way that people are able to answer is through their practical experience. And like, that's something that kind of shone through, uh, in the pre, in the latest interview that I had. And yeah, I think, um, yeah, I just want to share a few kind of insights from it. Like I won't give away the, the questions or anything. Um, but yeah, like it's just been, um, definitely a process for me, uh, to feel comfortable. Like the one I did was, yeah, a few days ago. And I don't know, I think focusing on relaxing, um, just helped a lot. Like I did, you know, the due research of, you know, knowing about the company and the role and, uh, the people involved and, you know, dug up their LinkedIn to kind of see their experience and, and whatnot. And I just kind of kept it at that and just made sure I slept well and, you know, just brushed up on, on some theory. Uh, cause it was, yeah, an exercise physiologist position. So it was good to, yeah, good kind of reminder to rehash a lot of theory and, um, and things that I needed to know, uh, for the role, just kind of like base foundational knowledge, um, that, yeah, I, sh- I should know anyway. And, and so, yeah, like I know there's so many people that have written books about, you know, the art of the interview or how to you know perform the perfect interview. And, you know, it's, it's funny in itself that that has become like a demand in the mar- market, where people want need to buy books to, um, whether practice the interview or just get really familiar or be able to answer particular questions or typical questions like verbatim. Um, like I, like as, as I kind of sit and think about it, like it's not, I don't, maybe it's just me and my personality and how I see things, but like, I'd rather, see someone, you know, interact or behave on an organic level rather than kind of notice how, how well they can rote learn something or, you know, quote something word for word. Um, unless the position kind of warrants that, uh, whether it's, yeah, you know, I don't know, accounting or, or something where they need to kind of spout things out like word for word and be really accurate with recounting things. But I think uh, for me in applying for a health related role, like a lot of the questions need to 
you know, I think as I think about the employer and what they're looking for, obviously they have, you know, the values of their organization and the particular person that they're looking for and the particular experience that um, they they want in that person to be able to fill the role. Um, yeah, those questions need to, um, yeah, be shaped in a way for the employer to know um, quite clearly um, who they yeah, feel is most suitable. Because on the employer side of th- things, like they are taking a massive risk, um, whether it's, yeah, like a full-time position, it's quite a bit of, you know, money from their um, profits to be able to pay for this or like kind of make this position possible. And yeah, it is a risk they take. And, you know, it is usually just, uh, as far as I know, for the health ones, there's one or maybe two um, interviews in terms of the screening process to be able to get that right. Um, and yeah, it's on, it's on the managers and on the, you know, HR, um, staff to be able to make those calls or kind of be so well versed in, you know, human psychology or kind of of behaviors and just kind of that, to have that experience to kind of, you know, cut through when people are kind of bluffing and, um, to, to really see through what someone says and, you know, really realize who they are on the inside. And yeah, I think, I think it is a good process, but I think because of the nervousness and the kind of anxiety of the whole situation, yeah, the, there will be people that are totally fit for the job and totally suitable for the job, but just can't perform well, like in an interview. And I'm not going to, you know, cry as a victim, be like, oh, that's me all the time. Um, I've definitely gotten interviews for roles that I definitely thought was a stretch, but I give it a go. But I just, I just felt so out of my depth that, you know, (laughs) I just kind of give up halfway. Um, I just kind of, yeah, look to the ground and I was just like, oh, I've wasted my time here. I've wasted their time. Um, But yeah, I think from that, it's really important to realize that there is a learning point through each of these things. Um, whether it's just a horrible interview or you came unprepared, um, you know, you can get a sense of what level you need to be at, um, to appear, you know, quote unquote confident, um, in your abilities and in the interview um, process, um, and to, and how to kind of position yourself or shape yourself to, you know, be that person that they're looking for, um, that fills all the kind of prerequisites and criteria that they've, um, advertised. And yeah, it takes a lot. Um, and you know, a lot of our generation would be like, Hey, like I don't have the experience to have this experience. Um, you know, and it's, it's definitely a tough job market out there. And it really is like, the onus is placed on you to make the preparations and to, you know, do what you can, you know, on an extracurricular level or, um, gain experiences, whatever, traveling or volunteering or, or whatnot, just so that you can display different, um, yeah, display different kind of characteristic traits that will help you be, you know, become a more ideal, 
um, candidate for a position. And so without giving away like the, you know, um, the exact questions that I got asked, um, I think the, the nature of the questions is, yeah, what's called a behavioral question. And so I think it's more, it is kind of more prevalent nowadays, I think, I feel, um, where interviews will, you know, the employees will ask questions, um, of, you know, examples or scenarios where you demonstrated a particular trait or, um, or, you know, or skill. Um, and it's going to be usually those that are important to the particular position and they want to see you, um, yeah, to make sure that you have that skill in you. Um, and so, so I think I'm super glad, um, although it seemed really, um, crappy at the time, um, of just doing these one-off contract jobs. Um, it felt inconsistent. It felt, you know, unsustainable. It felt like just, you know, earning pocket money, like, you know, a few times a week. But through, through that, you know, through all the kind of different variety of experiences and things that I um, came across with working with those individual clients, like, because, yeah, um, they were, you know, chronic conditions that needed individual needs. Like I was, yeah, like I had to display quite a different um, amount of those traits and, and skills to be able to continue working with them. Um, whereas, yeah, if I didn't display those traits at all, I don't think I would have lasted, um, you know, a few weeks. And those experiences are def those experiences are definitely precious. And I think it's also important to be reflective of your different experiences um, and realize what you learn through them. Cause you never know, you know, when you have to talk about it or kind of, you know, um, you know, lean on those experiences, uh, to be able to answer those particular questions. And so like, it's, like it's helped me kind of understand this really nice perspective of, um, I think ingrain it more deeply of every experience you have is a learning opportunity. Um, even if it's through a breakup, which sucks and which is really painful and really hurtful. Um, yeah, the things you learn from that are precious. Um, you know, if, if you experience like a death of a loved one, um, if you've gone through a really traumatic experience, um, you've gone through a fracturing in, in friendships or, or whatnot. And as long as you, you know, um, remain, remain yourself, remain positive and think about the lessons that you can learn through those experiences for them to, you know, build you into a better character to, you know, make sure you don't repeat those mistakes again and you can, you know, become a better person, like who's, you know, better equipped to, um, you know, to deal with these kind of problems again, you know, those lessons are ones that you can hold on to and really, you know, highlight and show as, as your strengths to be able to prove, um, to those employees that, 
you have the skills and the adaptability to um, to be able to get through dark periods and to be able to, you know, thrive under pressure and to thrive under um, stress and, and difficult times. And it's just this great metaphor for life. <laughs> um, because I think a tip that a lot of, you know, interviewing places or, um, or teachers or counselors will, will tell you is, you know, finding a way to make your weakness a, a strength. Um, you know, you hear athletes talking about it, you hear sports people um, talking about it. And, and what that does to someone's mentality is it just boosts it like a thousand percent. Um, if people perceive, you know, a particular trait of yours as a weakness, you can flip that around and turn it into a strength and, you know, just to tell like a beautiful story, uh, with it. Um, there's so many like different examples of it. You know, you think about Nick Vujicic, um, you know, the guy with no limbs, um, you know, he has every reason for everyone to kind of point, point out that he doesn't have limbs and that's a particular weakness. Um, there's another speaker, I forgot the name of it. Um, but I think he used to be an NFL player and then just got tackled really badly and kind of damaged some, um, some crucial nerves and he lost the function of his right arm. And, you know, doctors told him like, you know, we can do a particular surgery, but you won't have you won't be able to use your right arm anymore. And like, you know, when you're, when you're told that as an athlete or someone who's, you know, fit enough to be in the NFL, um, or I think it was like reserve, like college football, he was a college footballer, um, you know, with, with hopes of making the NFL, like I think he was only months away, you know, to be told that you were, you can't use your arms anymore. You won't be able to play NFL anymore. Like, it just feels like your worth and your usefulness is just gone. Um, that it's going to be a weakness that's going to hold you back forever. But I think his mentality and his mental fortitude to be able to come through that and and tell the doctor, you know, without any disrespect, um, you know, even though I've lost physical function of this arm, I'm going to use this arm to inspire so many people. I'm going to use this arm to to tell stories, to encourage people to, you know, to step out of the darkness and to achieve what they want to do. Like I, and he's, um, I really need to, should have done my research and know his name, but like, he's, you know, going on tours, like speaking and really encouraging and aligning people to, you know, um, yeah, to really be grateful for what they've got and use it to, um, yeah, to, to great effect and to achieve goals and to help people around them, um, and lift other people out of, you know, dark spots. And that's, that's, yeah, in a way more impact and more useful, um, use more, <laughs> more utility. He got more utility out of his arm. Um, there's no longer able to use, he got more utility out of it because of his, you know, ability to turn that supposed weakness into a strength. And that's such a beautiful thing that, you know, people want to see in others, um, especially, you know, for the health, for health industry. I'm not 
you know, 100% sure in other industries, but for the allied health industry, like that's what they want to want to see because that's the behavior that is, you know, you're working towards with clients, you know, to be able to take, you know, their chronic condition and to not let that define them or the disability to not, you know, let that hold them back from living the life that they want to live. And if you can, you know, demonstrate that mental strength and mental fortitude for yourself, that's going to naturally emanate onto the clients and, um, you know, better their lives. And that's ultimately the goal, right? That's the goal for the people that you work with. You want them to live better lives. You want them to get stronger and, and fitter so that they can, you know, live the life they want to and not have all these physical um, barriers kind of stopping them from getting to where they want to. And, and that's such a, like, it's such a kind of life thing. <laughs> it's such a beautiful life thing um, that, yeah, like this world is difficult. The world will um, have people try to put you down or kind of, um, you know, tell you your dreams are terrible or, you know, tell you're too ugly or you're too, you're too weak. Um, or you have something off that will, you know, will hold you back from, you know, who you need to become. And just the, the awe that it brings, uh, when you're able to use that and turn it into a strength that, you know, impacts and empowers many that, that is, that will just make you this incredible person that, you know, these employers are not never going to say no to, they want people like that, um, especially in the health industry. And like, that has just been, um, like a consolidation of the lessons I've been learning about myself, um, in these few months of, you know, knowing who I am, knowing my strengths and really embracing them. Like, I know I'm not, you know, the most gifted, I don't know, like researcher or the most gifted exercise physiologist. I know I'm not going to, be, you know, top 100 in terms of, you know, the way that I teach or the way that I, um, you know, instruct, um, exercise classes or instructs kind of, um, undergraduate courses. And I'm not going to be the near the top in regards to, um, whatever, whatever I strive to achieve. And, and, you know, that just, on this earth, like it's not gonna, I probably will never get there. Like I'm no, probably never gonna be mentioned on Time Magazine. I'm probably not gonna be mentioned on, on Forbes or, 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 you know, be Australian of the year or whatnot. But that's not, like these are nice things, nice little luxuries that we've created for ourselves to, you know, to be famous or, or whatnot. But the, but that shouldn't be any kind of measure of success. Um, it should be your own impact on yourself, um, the way you see yourself, because that's that's a huge battle in itself because we have so many voices, external and internal, that want to tell us you know, that we're not great, <laughs> um, that we just need to sit down and, and shut up and um, just stay where we are. Um, it's going to be so many instances where you're going to doubt your own ability, even though logically and objectively, there's no reason to. 
And for me, like I've fallen in those traps so many times um, where I just count myself out before it's even started, where I just go in thinking I'm already going to lose, going to lose. And like, I'm glad I never got any of those jobs I applied for before um, because I'll face so, so much um, disappointment and frustration and mistakes. And I'm going to make so many mistakes. And if I continually beat myself down after each one, I'm, I'm not going to last like a week, um, in a, yeah, in a full-time role. Um, so I know like, you know, in my life and in accordance to normal timelines, like I'm very behind. I know that. Um, you know, there are, you know, 21, 22 year olds that are working full time and just really growing up in maturity and, you know, probably in a much better position than I, I was in when I was 21, 22 and better than better position than I'm in now. Um, but I think just for my own kind of story and my own little journey, you know, I needed to go through this and have this lag to be able to, you know, wake up and, and realize, Hey, like I, I need to get my kind of emotional maturity sorted, emotional intelligence sorted and my mental strength and fortitude kind of built and developed. Um, yeah, to be able to, you know, rise up and, you know, this whole, you know, falling forward, like fall forward. Um, because I used to just fall backwards. Uh, when I fall, I'd, I'd really fall. I'd stay down. I'd, yeah, I just kind of look at the ground and kind of, um, yeah, almost just want to give up at each fall. And I think as I create this podcast, I think, and as I reflect on things and as I consider, um, yeah, the steps to take to be able to mature, I think now is, a good time to be able to start, you know, falling forward now and to take steps forward, even though it seems painful and, um, you know, there's the fear of the unknown outside the comfort zone, but, um, like that's where the growth is and yeah, I have to take those steps outside. Otherwise I'm going to stay in this comfort zone and I'm going to drift off and, and just become really <laughs> like stagnant and plateau and, and nothing exciting is ever going to happen in my life. And, and yeah, like I needed to go through, um, a really bad breakup. I needed to go through, you know, these loss of friendships, um, for all these like things that kind of cluttered my life, um, that, you know, took my attention away from myself that, you know, that kind of dictated my day. Um, yeah, to be able to learn these lessons, um, as, as sad as it, it sounds. And like I said, I'm, you know, went through a lot of grief to, you know, have that, have those losses. Um, I, you know, in, in one way, it's just kind of like I needed, I needed those things to happen to, to really shake me up so that I could really look at myself and yeah, realize you know, objectively how far I am behind, um, people in regards to facing difficulties and, you know, just facing life. Um, you know, I think the emotional maturity part, um, is definitely, a um, a process that I need a lot of work on and it's going to take a long time. 
but I, you know, through, through these few months, I've realized how immature I am emotionally. Um, and it's an area to work on, um, to be able to, yeah, to, to grow normally, uh, to relate to people in a healthy way, uh, to work in a, you know, diligent way, um, and to learn lessons in a healthy way. And, and, and yeah, um, I know I strayed a, like really far from the whole jo- job interview thing, but I think it's, yeah, it's been a valuable lesson, uh, for me and, and hopefully for you, uh, that are listening that I think when you have that mental strength and, and fortitude and that, which, you know, turns into this confidence that you have about yourself, like you just feel like you can tackle stressful situations a lot better. You can, um, adapt to the stress a lot better. You can perform under stress a lot better. And, you know, people, your friends will probably tell you like the more interviews you do and the more you learn from it and the better you become at it. And, you know, this, you know, practice makes permanent or practice makes progress. Uh, you pursue progress, whatever it is. Um, like, yeah, it will become like a muscle. The more you, yeah, the more you work at it, the, the better you'll become at it. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's worth, um, building, building upon. Um, and then, um, yeah, then it becomes something you just apply to different areas of your life. Um, like, yeah, you're going to face so many different things and how you rise up is going to be, is going to be progress. And, you know, it's important not to stay in the same spot, um, for too long. Otherwise, yeah, like picking things back up again is just going to be, yeah, super difficult. And, you know, the world's not going to wait for you. Um, the job's not going to land in your lap. And so you need to be proactive about, you know, these, um, these lessons and be mindful of, you know, the lessons you learn. And the only way you're going to learn is through doing things and experiencing things. And like, I'm sure you have friends on, you know, if you're on Instagram, like you have friends who post these motivational quotes about, you know, about failure and using that as a learning tool, you know, towards success. And, um, yeah, like, like I wish, like it just wasn't so like cliche and I wish, wish it wasn't so like, you know, cliche, but like so overused, um, you know, when something's overused, it becomes kind of like, you become desensitized to it and it becomes a bit dull and drifts into the background a bit, but it's just like, there's no, no particular way around it. Um, you really do need to, yeah, like it's just this thing about humans where we just can't nail things a hundred percent, you know, and get a hundred percent first time round, even though, you know, some of us parents want us to, <laughs> um, like, it's just not a thing. <laughs> Um, it takes, you know, failing and, um, you know, look how all the kind of successful things have gone about. Um, 
you know, how Tesla and Amazon and, and Google and Facebook, like they go, went through so many different like mistakes, um, you know, that like cause different like scandals or lawsuits and, and whatnot. But, you know, that's a really high end example, but you know, they correct things and, and change things around and update things so that, you know, they can, you know, develop and deliver this really, um, great product that everyone has access to and everyone can use at the same time. And, you know, yeah, to think that, you know, among the 7 billion people, there's probably, you know, what, two, three billion people that have access to the internet and to Google and, you know, a bit less on Facebook and Google, but yeah. And for them to create a thing that can withstand all of that, like that's, that doesn't just come about overnight. It's just years upon years of, yeah, building upon, you know, mistake after mistake till they, you know, can keep refining it uh, where errors are less prevalent. Um, yeah, like apply that to, um, you know, your practice as a professional or the way you study or, you know, how you handle life. Like that's, yeah, like that's what being human is. That's what being an adult is. Um, you know, taking responsibility for things and, um, you know, being responsible for the stuff you learn and the way that you bounce back. Um, you know, people tell you, you know, fall down seven times, get up eight. Um, you know, if you can look up, you can get up. Um, and so like, yeah, like a bigger picture, like they, you know, in the health industry, they want to find people or, you know, fill positions with people that, you know, have this hope, (laughs) um, that through difficult times you can shine through, um, And it's only through practice and experience that, yeah, you'll develop those characteristics and those traits. And, you know, you need to be this witness and you need to be this example for the clients that you work with who may be behind in terms of that journey. They might feel frustrated um, at their own journey and how slow the journey is, or um, they don't feel like they're making progress or, or whatnot. And, you know, they might be just going through such a difficult time. It just seems impossible to, to get out from, you know, a, you know, a very difficult cycle, whether it's like addiction or, um, or mental health issues or, you know, complications with, um, their health. Like it's going to be a really <laughs> difficult struggle. And yeah, for an allied health professional working with clients like that, you need to, have those characteristics, um, you know, for yourself. So you can hopefully help guide someone along that path as well. Um, because you're going to become a better teacher. You're going to, um, have, you know, more effective and kind of better words to say if you've, you know, had to experience it for yourself. Um, so that, you know, you don't sound too disconnected from reality or you feel too like kind of, yeah, you think the world's airy fairy, but, you know, and, you know, say really, um, ignorant words, um, to someone who's struggling or who's suffering, um, you know, for, 
you know, exercise physiologists, you know, you work with people who've gone through just really a lot of pain, whether it's, you know, fibromyalgia or complex pain syndrome or, um, or cancer, had surgery or, um, yeah, p- different people who, um, have gone through so much trauma. So those with PTSD who are in constant pain and, you know, they can't, you know, sleep properly and they can't, um, kind of function properly in society. Um, and you know, how to work with them so that they can, you know, come through on the other side of that darkness a lot better. Um, people with diabetes who, yeah, just feel really restricted because they just can't, you know, enjoy the stuff that they want to enjoy and they lose a bit of satisfaction in life. And, you know, as you, as a health professional needs to be there to empathize, you need to have gone through experiences where you've, you know, found it difficult to, to keep moving or these experiences that you feel like, you know, there's no hope anymore, but somehow you found hope and you learn from that experience. And if you can impart it on someone else and help them on their journey um, to get through to the other side, like that's incredible. And that's healing on another level that you won't get from medicine and, you know, that you won't get from a particular surgery. Um, if you can help someone's mental health, um, to see their life in a whole different way, uh, for them to be more joyful and more appreciative of the, of the things they have, like that's, that's just incredible work and such a valuable position of an exercise physiologist or, um, or any health professional working in that kind of space. Um, you know, social workers, like psychologists and whatnot for them, you know, to, to be able to change someone's perspective of, of life and to really overcome hurdles. That's, that's just incredible. That's just amazing. And yeah, like that's what organizations want, (laughs) want from their staff, uh, and you know, from their employees to, to make that kind of difference in, in their clients. And so like this, this podcast isn't like a, you know, these are the, you know, top 101 tips <laughs> to, to nail the next interview. Um, although that might be a very, you know, nice title, uh, for a book to sell. Um, but I think it's, yeah, like, you know, going through books with those kind of tips, it's just kind of an artificial thing. Um, it's a very surface thing, you know, to be able to, get through the interview, but it's just like, okay, you've got, you got the job, you got, you got through the interview cause you are able to quote things verbatim and just ace, you know, ace it with textbook answers. But when it comes to, Hey, there's this patient in, in chronic pain, um, and they can't move their legs, um, and they can't sleep well. Um, and their diet is just all over the place. Like if you haven't had any experience dealing with difficulties, like your communication with that particular patient is just going to be so disjointed, so disconnected, so far from reality. Um, and your empathy is not going to be there. Your sympathy is not going to be there. And yeah, like you would just, you'll eventually be, be shown uh, that those gaps and those, you know, 
inadequacies will will be exposed and will be shown and you know it's going to be make for us you know much 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 steeper learning curve um you know from you know from your managers and from your senior staff um and you know they're gonna you know put your you know employment more on notice um and so you know it's yeah so during yeah during this time of of quarantine, um, maybe, yeah, jobs haven't been really easy to come by. Um, maybe it's just been, yeah, you know, depression central, um, just being at home and not having a job. And, you know, in September when JobKeeper kind of runs out, like, you know, more people will be kind of laid off and like, it's going to, yeah, be, um, very, very difficult for a lot of people. And I think, yeah, it also just presents this opportunity for you to, you know, understand who you are and, you know, find your ways of coping and find your ways that are, you know, coping that are healthy and find ways to, you know, grow out of this, to grow through this instead of to go through this. Um, Yeah. If you can reflect and be mindful of the lessons that you're learning like that can be definitely just great things to add to your foundation when it comes to, yeah, reapplying for um, jobs when, you know, things settle back down um, and, you know, the economy is able to kind of run again. And yeah, so it's, you know, not out of the question, like during quarantine, maybe work's not as available, um, but like, you know, there's so many opportunities to, to volunteer and to use your time well, um, to have these different experiences that will help you develop and, and grow, um, and become just experiences that, you know, level you up <laughs> in regards to like video games, but like, yeah, to level you up you know, in regards to building your character and developing different traits um so that you can yeah be more sure about yourself and be more confident in your ability to adapt um like it's not a darwinian thing but it's just this super important skill um that we need to have because you know the climate in the business world is always changing this pandemic has just thrown everything out of the you know out of whack and you know, people have had to kind of, you know, put the scraps together and try to come up with something. And, you know, those businesses that are able to adapt and really, you know, are really thriving through this. Um, yeah, they're the ones that, you know, are doing well and, you know, have been able to kind of control the damage uh, from the pandemic a lot better. Um, but, but yeah, like that's, that's just been a really, fascinating time um yeah this whole thing is a fascinating time a very strange time for sure um but as you know for me as an exercise physiologist and jobs reopening back up and gyms are back up again um yeah i think yeah it's i think just from that interview it's just led me to think about all these things and yeah i think once you're able to understand the, uh, the perspective of the employer and, you know, and 
the whole kind of meaning behind the interview process, like that has helped kind of, yeah, reduce a lot of the stress and reduce a lot of the anxiety around, um, yeah, around the whole interviewing job interview process. Um, because when you understand what they're after, when you understand what you're doing and, uh, when you understand how it fits into the organization and their, and their vision, um, yeah, I think it just makes things easier and it's, yeah, it's for you to grow through and not to go through. Uh, I know that I repeated that line already, but I think it's just really important uh, not to be discouraged after an interview of not getting the job, but to really find areas of growth because it's always there through every experience. Um, whether you feel like it's meaningful or not, it's it's there. <laughs> it's there for you to grow. And so you're better equipped for the next time it comes up. And I think, I think as I kind of pondered about it, like that's, I think that's just the attitude that needs to like be, <laughs> that's what the attitude needs to be. Um, you know, during this phase of like uncertainty and putting yourself out there and throwing applications left, right and center, um, and yeah, like we just need to go through things and think about, think about it a lot more and, and realize how much we can grow from it instead of dreading it and being so fearful of it and just, you know, filling ourselves up with anxiety and just living through the stress twice, um, when we're that anxious and worrying about it. And so hopefully just my, my musings uh, over this past week, um, has been helpful and valuable. Um, I don't know the people that are listening to this, whether they've already, already are working or they're not working. Like, I don't know your particular situation. Like, I, um, yeah, it'd be creepy if I knew every single person that, that listened to this podcast, but hopefully it's kind of, you know, insightful, valuable, just in regards to just like a different not, maybe not different, but just a, um, a more, more considered perspective than I was used to. Um, you know, it's this, yeah, is originally about a job interview, but I think it's just, you know, kind of manifests itself into all life situations and, um, just the mechanisms of, of growth, uh, through experience. And, and yeah, don't, yeah, like don't take any opportunity for granted. Um, you know, really consider like what you're learning from it. Um, even though it's painful, or even if it's um, the worst thing, or even if it's the best thing, yeah, find ways to grow through it, grow through it. Um, and yeah, like it'll, it'll work wonders for your maturity, your emotional maturity, and it's going to help you with how you deal with life stresses and how you deal with relationships and marriages and, and friendships and, and family. And yeah, like that's been such a beautiful lesson for me to learn at this time. And it makes sense for me at this time. Like this might have been a lesson, you know, for you much earlier on, you know, in when you were a teenager or when you like, you know, started uni. Um, but it, yeah, it's different for everyone. Um, and I'm, 
yeah, I'm super happy that I'm learning this now. Um, you know, I, I don't know where I would have been, um, if, you know, I learned it much earlier or if I learned, learned it much later, but it's happened now. Um, <laughs> I'm here talking about it and this has, yeah, been a big step for me in understanding myself and, and yeah, tackling this whole thing of job interviews because it's just part of the process of getting a job. And so it's a necessary thing to go through. And, and so, yeah, um, I hope it's been, um, encouraging in your own journey. Um, yeah, I hope it's been an honest conversation, um, and that it helps you, yeah, fall forward. Um, job interviews are, are stressful. Um, and yeah, there's, there's always a lot of people going for them. And so statistically, you're not going to get, you know, the first one that you go for and, and yeah, continue to fall forward and yeah, become a better you. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that, that's it for this one. Hopefully haven't been too boring. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, hopefully with the second wave, uh, of the, COVID, it's not too bad. Hope we can, yeah, stay safe, stay healthy, uh, stay happy, look out for each other, be kind always, and um, yeah, don't buy too much toilet paper. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll see you in the next podcast. Um, in love and peace.